0: Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Cat. Hey now, welcome to the Scott and Cat After 9 podcast. Cat is off again today, but it looks like she's going to be back tomorrow. So that's some good news. So today for After 9, I decided I want to do something a little bit different. As you likely know, the Toronto mayoral race is in full swing, and and there was a debate last night, but not all of the main contenders were there, and and that kind of bothers me a little bit, so I wanted to right a wrong and give an opportunity to one of the people who wasn't at the debate last night to talk to you, our amazing After 9 listeners. So I'm going to bring in former Toronto Sun columnist Anthony Fury, who's running for mayor. Anthony, how are you?
1: Hey, Scott. I'm great. Great to be here. How are you, sir?
0: I am really, really good, and I am really impressed by the campaign you've run so far because I think when we found out there was going to be a mayoral election in Toronto, a lot of people assumed, oh, yeah, it'll be one of the usual suspects. And then in comes Olivia Chow, and sure enough, one of the usual suspects appears to be in the lead, in the polls, but you've really caught some steam lately, and I really think it's because of two things. Number one, you are out and about everywhere. I follow you on Instagram and Twitter, and you are at every event that that people are at, so that's been great, and I also think it's because you're using two words that I love, common sense. Anthony, can we talk a little bit about your platform and the common sense that you want to instill into Toronto if you're elected mayor?
1: absolutely scott you know i've been a newspaper columnist and a radio host myself for over a decade in the city of toronto i know the city i love the city i'm familiar with the issues i know the game i know the players but i'm not someone who broke it i believe i'm someone who can come in from the outside to fix it and let's be clear we can fix this mess and toronto is a city worth fighting for. I'm the father of three small kids five seven and nine years old So as much as I love reading the policy files, studying the budget, I'm also living the issues that everybody is living right now. Young families talking about not feeling safe on public transit, uh, dealing with paying the bills. Seniors telling me uh, they are frightened to go downtown these days. They used to go downtown to catch a show, have lunch, have dinner they're not doing it anymore. And this is really concerning. I mean, Scott, you know, people talk about moving out of Toronto, and it breaks my heart to hear that, because yeah. I grew up in this city. I had a pretty uh, carefree upbringing as a teenager. And to hear that, that that opportunity is now gone for so many people, and that we, we talk about Toronto being on the decline more, I'll tell you, so many people see those heartbreaking images of what's going on on the streets of Seattle, san francisco vancouver cities in in decay in decline and everyone's telling me they don't want toronto to inch one step further in that direction and as mayor of toronto i'm not going to let that happen
0: i love that okay well i don't want it to decline either and i would certainly like to reverse the exodus out of toronto so let's talk about a couple of different issues Today kicks off bike month and one of the causes that you or one of the issues that you've taken up in your campaign is bike lanes in Toronto and we need to reorganize this to make them safer for the bikers and riders, but also to make it more effective to move cars. Tell everyone what you want to do with bike lanes in Toronto.
1: Yeah, I like to bicycle. My kids and I go out together, and I sometimes use the bike lanes in Toronto, although i got to tell you, Scott, when I do use them, I'm often one of the only ones. And I think people are really frustrated to see that we have more and more bike lanes being created on major roads in Toronto, major thoroughfares. They're just not really being used all that much and it's making congestion worse. So people's time with their families is being reduced by being stuck in traffic longer. You'll have an entire lane that could be for traffic, and instead it's this empty bike lane. Now, sometimes it becomes a public safety issue. There's some videos doing the rounds on Instagram of uh, what's happening on Yonge Street, obviously Toronto's sort of main sort of center north-south street, where they've put in these bike lanes separated by concrete blocks, And ambulances try to get by through busy traffic times, and the cars have nowhere to go because there's no shoulder anymore because of these concrete blocks. So the cars just can't move aside for the ambulances. And you think, well, hold on a second. Someone's having a heart attack. 60 seconds, 90 seconds, three-minute delay. That all adds up, Scott. So I've said no more to the bike lane madness because there are plans to add more and more of them. It was just downtown. Now they're moving it to the suburbs, Etobicoke, Scarborough, North York. Pause. No more bike lanes on major roads. Some of the ones already there. We're going to have to pull out. Taste of the Danforth, amazing street festival. Brings people, obviously, in the Greek community, all across Toronto, all across the GTA. They couldn't host it last year because of the bike lane situation. We just got to bring some balance back to the issue. There are a lot of things, Scott, that reasonable people, I think, agree, have just gone too far, and Mm -hmm. this is one of them.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Let's talk about, though, continuing to move people around the city. What are we going to do about the Eglinton Crosstown LRT?
1: Well, this is just such a boondoggle, and the folks who live in that area, the businesses particularly affected by it, they have suffered so much over the past past decade. You know, we, I tell jokes about how I'm going to take my grandchildren to it when it's still under construction <laughs> and, and tell them uh, uh, tell them stories about it. And to be clear, I'm 39 years old. I'm not anywhere close to having grandchildren. So it, it's sort of like just how long this thing's going to be. It's really unacceptable. And City Hall keeps being told about delays, cost overruns, and major problems to it, like 250 major issues that are plaguing it. And the incumbent city councillors just kind of go, oh, that's too bad. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, what are we going to do about it? No, we got to drop this sort of Canadian politeness and start making a little bit of noise to make it clear that this is just not acceptable anymore. I mean, they're not doing this in other countries around the world. They get things done much quicker, which is why I have said, as mayor of Toronto, I will be suing Metrolinx for breach of contract and damages to the tune of a billion dollars redistributing those funds in part to some of the affected businesses. And I don't want that billion dollars to come from the provincial taxpayer. There's only one taxpayer. I want it to come from them clawing it back from the contractors. Who I don't know where all this money has gone. They've created a giant pit physically, and it looks like they've, they've created a money pit as well. And by sending that strong signal, Scott, on, on the, the Crosstown, I hope I'll be sending the signal that for future projects that are happening, we got this downtown relief line project that's just started called the Ontario Line, I'm sending the signal that we're not going to tolerate poor management of the contractors on that file either. I think it's a great thing we got more subway lines coming to Toronto. I'm going to work with uh, Mr. Ford and Mr. Trudeau to make sure you know it's all well funded and moving fast. But we got to hold their feet to the fire.
0: Okay, if you're just tuning in, Anthony Fury, candidate for mayor of Toronto, is on with me. I, I, I'm curious about what happens if you win and. I'm saying that because it does seem like City Hall is a bit of an old boys club at times. How much can you, as an outsider, actually get done once you're there in the mayor's chair with a bunch of councillors that were elected prior to you?
1: I can do a lot because right now I'm going all across this beautiful city, Scott, meeting amazing people of all walks of life, and I'm seeking a mandate to move forward on these issues that I'm passionate about. And I know City Council is going to see okay, this is what the people are saying. We're basically having referendum questions right now on these key issues, and Mayor Fury's getting a mandate to do that. So there are a number of councillors who I know are already uh, aligned with me on these issues. Great. There are others who I think are going to read the tea leaves and go, okay, fine, that's the direction we have to head in. And also, I'm going to work with senior city city staff and and set their sort of performance indicators and targets to make sure uh, that we hit those targets and that we deliver results for the people of Toronto. And, Scott, one of those things is just making sure that we're no longer focused on pet projects, niche issues, and frills, but that we're going back to the basics, you know, fixing the potholes, getting the city moving, collecting the garbage, public safety, crime. we really got to tackle that stuff. we got to just get back to the core priorities to serve people.
0: Okay. I know that you're out shaking hands with people and meeting with them every single day. I, on the radio show, four of them every day, hear from many different people from all across the province, and I'm sure you're hearing the same thing as I am affordability. The cost of living and the cost of housing is out of control. But one of the reasons that I really picked up on your campaign is you've pitched something that I love that I think would instantly make housing more accessible to so many people. And it involves the land transfer tax for first-time home buyers. Can you explain what your proposal is?
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Scott. So when you buy a house in Ontario, you get hit with this land transfer tax. In Toronto, not too many years ago, the city said, well, let's create a duplicate one, a second land transfer tax. It's pretty much the same amount of money. It's just a cash grab. It's so unfair. So many young families struggling to buy a home. When they do finally buy their home, I think that should be a moment of celebration. I think we should be saying congratulations on this big hallmark in your lives. Instead, we say, oh, great. Uh, let, let's sort of, as they've got their wallets open, as they're going out and getting a mortgage, let's try and ding them for $25,000 just for the fun of it. Well, that is a really bad attitude to have. And I want to make it easier for people uh, to get their first home. I'm just going to totally nix the municipal land transfer tax for first-time home buyers. It's going to drop the price of a house by about $25,000 uh, right on the sticker cost there. And this is actually the only direct lever Toronto City Hall has to bring down the price of homes. I'd like to phase out the whole thing for everyone. I I do see it as very unfair, but, you know, there's a budget pressure there. so, So I've got to sort of phase it out over time. And I will say we suffer from a supply problem. We need more units and we need them faster and all the people in the building and development community tell me they're they're not looking for handouts they're not looking for special treatment they just want things approved faster and the ability to build things faster because as you know Scott time is money they're taking out these big loans interest for, interest is racking up on those loans and they're passing it on to the consumer the home buyer is actually paying for all those delays in the end. So by by working with the province to, to deal with the uh, development charges and, and time issues and so on, I, I'm confident that I can save homeowners an extra cheese, I don't know, $100,000 on a house.
0: That would be incredible. And those are real tangible savings. But of course, it's not just the cost of the house that's got people that are struggling, struggling right now. It's also taxes and and Toronto taxpayers got hit with an increase this year. And we've got the leading candidate in Olivia Chow, who refuses to say how much taxes will go up under her administration if she wins. Tell us what your policy on taxes is going to be if you're elected mayor.
1: Well, one of the alarming things is that the people running against me for mayor, most of them have promised to introduce entirely new tax categories. So all the councillors running against me, they voted to proceed with this thing called the municipal sales tax where, you know, you have the federal sales tax, the provincial, and now a third one. Like, are you kidding me? This is going to increase the price of goods on on everything sold in the city, even online sales, and um, it'll hit people during an affordability crisis. So I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be proceeding with the municipal sales tax, Uh, road tolls, Gardner DVP. I'm sorry. We're not going to be doing that. Uh, We already paid for our highways. And also, when people come into Toronto from the suburbs, I don't view them as like climate criminals who have to be penalized. I view them as people uh, coming here to purchase things and, and support our businesses, see their family and loved ones in Toronto. So no penalties in terms of road tolls. They also want to do a cash grab called a commercial parking levy so that uh, when there's like a strip mall or something where there's free parking spaces, they're not going to be free anymore. They're going to ding those property owners um, to uh, to pay for fees on that.
0: And it's crazy. I, I, I don't know where people think that the money comes from, but I, it seems to me that the middle class is basically out of money at this
1: point. No, exactly. Which is why before we even begin to talk about new taxes or how big the tax increase is going to be, I'm going to really sink my teeth into that budget. We're going to do a full audit of everything the city's getting up to. And we're going to ask, is it all laser-focused on top priorities? And if there are sort of strange projects going on that don't uh, align with the interests of residents and taxpayers, well, we're going to wrap that stuff up. We were talking about bike lanes. I know it costs about $10 million a year to clean the bike lanes in January, February, and March when nobody's really using them. Come on. That's not a priority. So those sorts of things are going to be coming off the books.
0: And finally— While I've still got you, I I think it's important to get to know the person behind the candidacy. You you told us a little bit about yourself. You were a radio host and you were a columnist for the Toronto Sun. You mentioned you've got three young kids. Tell me a little bit about you as a person, as a dad, uh, your life at home. Tell us more of the human side of Anthony Fury.
1: Oh, well well, the life at home is hectic because it's three boys, five, seven, and nine. Oh so my goodness <laughs> I kind of yeah, I kind of joke that I've embarked on this super busy uh, mayoral race just so I can so I can go on break basically as if, <laughs> as, if, as if things are less uh, hectic on the mayor's race than at home. but no, hectic in a, in a good way, of course because because uh, the boys are just amazing, and my second home is the hockey arena right across the street from my house because all three of the boys are in hockey. and uh, luckily for those seven am games, I get to wake up a few minutes later than other parents because I, I don't have to drive to the arena. So I suit them up in the garage and then we just kick them out the garage and they, they, <laughs> they walk across the street uh, to the arena already in their gear. So that's, uh, that's convenient for us. And I just spend uh, so much of the winter months uh, hanging out in, uh, in the hockey rink cheering them on. We have a great time.
0: What keeps you up at night?
1: Well, you know, I think about these issues that, that regular folks are concerned about. And it's the reason I'm, I'm running for mayor. I mean, you know, my, my radio hosting, my newspaper column stuff is all on uh, the files that matter to people, the city issues. So I, I'm by nature sort of a political guy, a city guy when it comes to, comes to these matters. So, you know, you, I, I do worry about it. And I have the same concerns as, uh, as anyone else, being a, uh, a middle class father and husband. You, you know, you want to pay the bills and you want to ask, is, is there a future? uh, for my children. So I think about that stuff a lot.
0: Okay. Anthony Fury is running for mayor of Toronto. If you are interested in hearing more about what Anthony just explained to you, uh, what is the best way for people to research your platform and reach out if maybe they want a lawn sign or they want to make a campaign contribution? How do they do that?
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Fury.ca F U R E Y.ca. They can order a lawn sign there. Uh, The campaign contributions, they give a big rebate. The city gives you about 75 percent back in the form of a check after the election. So your money goes a lot further to supporting uh, me becoming mayor and, more importantly, me bringing in the issues and talking about the issues that matter to everyday families. Great.
0: Anthony Fury, good luck in your campaign for mayor. You will be part of the next debate, I
1: assume? Uh, yeah, we, there's some, the, the bigger televised debates that everybody will be watching closer to election night. I'm, I'm confirmed for all of those on CP24 and Roger Sumer. There's, there's a few of them. So I'm looking forward to, uh, continuing the hard work, but, uh, you know, I got great endorsements. I'm doing great TV spots. But ultimately, the main thing that matters is just going out there, meeting folks on the street one at a time, making that meaningful human connection. And I'm I'm, I'm working uh, long days just doing exactly that, Scott.
0: Anthony Fury, thanks for your time, and good luck in the race for mayor.
1: Oh, thanks so much for the opportunity, Scott. Have a great day.
0: There. I think that was good. I'm glad we got an opportunity to hear from him, and I know that there are other candidates out there. It's just I, I heard a candidate speak to the issues that are really affecting the middle class, and that is the demographic in particular that matters to me. So I did want to give Anthony that opportunity to come on, and I'm glad I did. I did learn a few things about him, too, that I did not know uh, prior to this. So that is what we're doing for After 9 today. Quick interview with Anthony, just so you get to know him. And again, if you are interested, fury.ca, F-U-R e-y dot c-a. Uh, Visit Anthony, and if you're interested in supporting his campaign for mayor of Toronto, I hope you do, and share it on social media too. Spread the word. We uh, have a very critical election coming up in Canada's biggest city. There's a lot at stake, and cost seems to be one of the biggest ones that's concerning people. There's a lot of candidates who are going to raise taxes. A lot. There's some who want to bring a little common sense to this race, and I'm glad to hear that Anthony is one who is going to bring a little common sense to it. Guys, like I said, I'm pretty sure Kat is going to be back tomorrow. I hope she is because I've done two radio shows today. I've got two more to go today, and now we've got the podcast in between, so I'm going to go have some tea, maybe some whiskey, and probably some honey as well. Uh, I'll catch you at 3 o'clock on 103.1 Fresh Radio in London and at 6 o'clock on Fresh 93.1 in Barrie. Have yourselves a great day. We'll do a full-length edition of After 9 tomorrow.